Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi! Hi! Are we excited? We're not excited? Oh, I'm excited. I'm reliving it right now on my screen. I mean, I think the most exciting thing for this past week was the watch party. That was the most exciting thing about what happened with Loyal. How was Uh, it? I was good. Um, I showed up right after halftime and to see uh, Jack Metcalf score, and I was super excited. And I was like, hey, I brought good luck. I predicted that one. Let's just say that. You did. But no, it was great. Like, it was oh, yeah. a good hang because locals and Chavos were out. So you saw like everyone you wanted to see pretty much. Um, it was a good crowd. They had the uh, Jordan and Darren pregame and postgame, which is nice. You can give yourself your own cameo as you walk behind them to the bathroom. Um, I gave them a hard time off camera about their production value being significantly better than the rest of us. Um, as far as their like lights and cameras and off camera staff and producers and all sorts of shenanigans that like you guys and your freaking production value. No, it's fun. It was fun. Uh, it was nice to see people. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. Um, I did see their production value. I don't know if it's the same people when I was in Arizona. So if it's the same setup, I mean, I can definitely attest to that, but we have a pretty good production with our little home, home studios. So, yeah, the way my cords, but yeah, I'm glad I it, I was totally intended to go. Had a really busy work day, and then I'm like, oh shit, the game. Like I watched the full game, obviously, but like I was just like, oh yeah, they're meeting at home in a way closer than the week before up in up at second chance. So I didn't make it down. I was just so tired from my work day, so I just decided to get in my pajamas and watch the match. Fair enough. I mean, you weren't the only one sleeping during that match. Hey, yo. Chris, what's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. I'm just uh, enjoying this replay, eating some BK fries, um, which are hitting the spot, I have mm-hmm. to say. And, um, yeah, um, here's here's something for you. I love me some Target drive-up, you know, and uh, and I love it for – not the obvious reasons. I love it because I want all my snacks. I want my coconut waters. I want my Mountain Dew rice. I want my gummy bears. You know the the essentials. I would say. So I just like to drive like to drive up. They they put it in, but this time I obviously ordered ground beef. I was kind of I was happy that the expiration date was out a week, but I just got a bone to pick about every time I'm getting the chicken and the chicken expires in two days. I'm not ready to cook it yet. It's got to marinate. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I put a note, put it out far. I'm just buying groceries. I'm not trying to cook them right away, you know. I'm still trying to eat the junk food still. That's what I put it in the freezer, man. Mm. I guess. <laughs> put it on ice like Landon. Ooh. I mean, I get that because, like, when I go shopping, I don't want to go for that days or, like, I kind of plan for like the next couple days. And then if I don't cook it right in that moment or have leftovers from like, if I were to get ground beef and cook that, I don't necessarily have time to cook the chicken. Whatever. That's fair. There are times where I'm like, Sarah gets groceries. And then we also just order food that night for dinner. Cause it's like, we spent all of our energy ordering groceries. Although yeah. right now in the kitchen, there is like all sorts of shenanigans going on. Like I made bread. Like that oh. happened today, yeah. Like this is like this is like this is like week three lockdown right? revisited. Are we now, in twenty twenty? Sarah's making some French onion soup tonight, um, oh. and it's also Ollie, who is our oldest dog, who doesn't make very many appearances on the podcast. Uh, he turned sixteen today, so she's making him some like sugarless cake for his birthday. Oh, yeah. Very so cool. there's all sorts of magic happening in the kitchen here tonight. Wow. Um, what kind of bread did you make? Uh, it was like a super easy like French bread stuff because you you cut it and then float it at the top of your French onion soup and put some Gruyere cheese on top. Okay. And then like a little flambe on top so it gets a little crispy. 
A little Gordon Flambe. Love it. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Bow, 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 bow. The San Diego Loyal Fairweather Food Podcast. We are back, folks, talking about food. Um, are, we are we drinking tonight? Are we drinking tonight? I am not drinking. I It's not. Um, I wanted to, but I have to go somewhere after this. So I was like, you know. I got my essentials. Oh, look well, at that. I'm drinking water, so I am drinking something. You're exactly. drinking some pre-beer? Really cool. Got the vodka cocoa. Very it's nice. A YOLO in like Cajun. Oh, that's L- <laughs> yeah. nice. Custom made. Nice. Yeah, I'm drinking a fair, uh, a fair state big doinks extra dank IPA uh, from our friends at Fair State Brewing, uh, which is uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, if I'm not sure if they're the only, but they're one of the few unionized uh, and cooperatively owned breweries in the United States. Were they mentioned um, this week at all online? Um, I, no, I don't think so. I don't think Hopefully so. I think not. they. The bad yeah, week oof. Past year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Rethinking some modern times visits. Um, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, obviously, people putting out some brave statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully this has some change, but as my wife told me, and I'm sure Marissa can attest to, pretty much every job is yeah. crappy if you're a female. So yeah, uh, big ups to all of those women who are putting that stuff out there and making and calling people out and making people aware because that's how yeah. change happens. Yeah, and I think you know from a woman's perspective, um, it it's it's super powerful when all of these people like collectively call it out because it makes it more impactful. But what I'm scared of is that it's going to just kind of be forgotten about because it is so much like I went through a lot of those stories on Instagram to try to read and like figure out, okay, who, like who are the breweries that I potentially have supported or, you know, that I know that a lot of my colleagues and peers do. And, you know, it got overwhelming and it was like, I don't, I, you know, I haven't had those specific things happen to me, but it's like, I, I take that on. If I'm reading a bunch of it, it's like, okay, this is too much. I can't like, I need like a, a Cliff's notes. Hold the like, phone. Hold, hold the phone. What? 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 I didn't hear about this. Oh, oh, it's a long um, story. <laughs> yeah. There was an Instagram, a brewer um, put like, she was having a conversation and basically all she did was like, any, have any women had any sexist experiences at a brewery Oh sure. uh, and started talking about just like, what were your experiences like being a woman at a brewery? Like very mm-hmm. innocuous, not working, like, Hey, working at a brewery. Yeah. Right. Or working at a brewery. Right. So it was, it was kind of like, it wasn't like over the top. Hey, tell me about your sexual assault experiences it, right. as a woman. What is it like? And so she put it out and then all of a sudden these stories started coming in and then all it took was a couple of really brave women to step up and say this person or this brewery, this serious thing happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like eight, eight different stories on this person's timeline. I, let me look up her uh, Instagram. Rat um, something. Yes. Rat magnet. Rat, Rat magnet. magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so she has now up to nine parts on sexism in the brewing industry on her, um, on her Instagram stories. Uh, and they range from like upsetting to downright disgusting, um, I would say. Um, so if you are trigger warning for that, um, but if you want to go check that out, there's a plenty of stories and there were uh, quite a few San Diego breweries and beer bars that were um, yeah. accused of those things. So mm-hmm. check that out. Um, if you want on some, on some positive note, to (laughs) shift gears uh so two balls and a mic our friends uh who have a san diego podcast about all things sports uh they are giving away two tickets uh to this week's home opener and i believe every home game this season i believe they're giving away but i think this is the one for this uh season's opener uh if you want to go to the link that is uh, on your screen uh tinyurl.com slash UPWN8DSK. Uh, you can put that in the in the notes too yep. on, on YouTube if you guys are watching the replay or go back to our YouTube channel to find the link. And you can go enter to win some loyal 
tickets. So if you don't have tickets to the home game, uh, this is your way to get in. Uh, I'm assuming that this is going to be as sold out as San Diego is going, uh, going to be allowed to have people in. So get on this link, sign up, put in why you should win these tickets and win yourself some Loyals tickets on behalf of Two Balls and a Mic. Two Balls and a Mic, baby. I want to see a custom domain next time. Twoballsandamic.com slash tickets because I'm driving and I can't remember all that. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put it in the show notes and I'll make sure I, to put I, it. He did send me a Google link and then I said, you know what, you should do a bit.ly or a small URL. And then he did the small URL. I'm just giving oh, him a hard I'm just giving him a hard time. One, I'm gonna be a, gonna be a diva right here, my French fries, all right? <laughs> no, but he's right. I mean, if you're listening, you wanna uh, you know, this is a note to all podcasters and live streamers. Make it easy for people to enter because then they're not gonna enter. Yeah. Buy an extra domain, dog. That's my production hat. I'll take my production hat off now, and we can go ahead. <laughs> but big ups to them. Uh, this is their own money that they put into this. They bought them themselves to try to in, to encourage folks to go to games. If you've never been or you know someone who uh, wants to go but ha- doesn't get tickets, this is a great way to expose your friends to this beautiful game. Ooh. Uh-oh. Marissa's throwing things. Uh, other some other news is uh, we have a new um, supporting owner, I believe, is what they called him. Yes, um, which is yes, that's the official title is a supporting owner. I'm not sure what that means in the grand scheme of things. Like that means he's gonna put his name on the ownership, be a part of the ownership group, and do his thing. Um, which is a I, I've never heard of supporting owner before i've never heard of that phrase but apparently it's a thing um and that is uh deandre yedlin is now a a seattle born play currently plays in turkey for galatasaray if i am not mistaken Mm -hmm. um a current slash former united states men's national team player um six years in the premier league yeah, for Newcastle? Yeah, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts about this, Chris? I mean, I think it's dope that they obviously went out and uh, got another supporting owner. I'm sure that's a little bit more cash on the books, which is good because, you know, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But, I mean, as long as the guy supports the vision doesn't have any crazy politics out there, you know, and he's looking to really bring forth or, you know, somehow silently support the the culture i'm sure I'm, i don't know how much of a voice he's going to have in it i haven't read the release at the moment um i've just kind of seen the notes through twitter and whatnot but i mean i think it's it's prosperous you know as long as it adds to and, and benefits the club marissa um i mean i think this is a good thing in general um his experience, his international experience, I don't know how that much is how much that'll play into our gameplay or if he's just financially going to be present for you know more um weapons on the field, I guess, to uh, help us actually win a game. Um so it remains to be seen. Um I like the I like the notoriety of him being formerly U.S. Uh, soccer, U.S. men's soccer team. Um, but I'm very cautiously optimistic on how it goes because we'll see. Yeah, he's, he spoke. Um, he interv- did an interview with uh, AV on on the Twitter machines. They had a couple quotes in there. Uh, and then the press release as well, it, it mentions how much um, – uh, social justice, racial equity, uh, those kind of things that he speaks out about. And he spoke highly of the team in their efforts to um, to address some of those issues. And I think that was very enticing for him to be a part of a franchise that uh, speaks out and is an active participant in uh, those conversations. Uh, so I think that's um, having him fit into the fold. I think he's going to fit in really nicely and bring kind of a perspective that to be frank, I think the ownership and the front office has been missing. I think uh, they've done a really good job with uh, reaching out into a lot of the communities, picking up their Spanish language stuff. 
um, and really trying to get into the uh, Spanish-speaking communities. But I think what uh, Yedlin's going to be able to do as well is bring that perspective. The same thing with like Elijah Martin coming to uh, being on the team and being a vocal uh, proponent of a lot of these things. Um, I think it's just going to bring a, a perspective that the front office didn't have mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to offer feedback and that perspective. Uh, that's just going to make this team seem like, I shouldn't say seem like, but it's going to give them validity and when they speak out about certain issues uh, mm-hmm. because they have a, a broad perspective uh, voices uh, that can speak authentically to their experience. Yeah. Diversity. right? You know, they talk about that all the time, not loyal, but organizations talk about that. Now they're putting that to, to practice. Um, so Chris looks like you want to say something. You're muted. Oh, no, I'm I'm here. I'm sorry. You know, no, I was just going to say, man, I mean, in the, in the thicker, things he's he's bringing that he's bringing that cash you know in my mind i was like yeah. oh he's like the it's like the zaddy of usl right there you know That's good <laughs> stuff. Just saying, okay. you know? yeah i think when we look at like usl ownerships i think the broader your ownership group is and the more people that are invested um brew agrees he wants to be an investor as well but brew you don't make any money you can't be an investor he still doesn't understand that concept. Uh, we've been working with him on allowance, but spends it all in one day. Um, I digress. Um, but I, I do think having a diverse and and deep ownership group um, just brings and gives you a little bit, a, a bigger um, pool to pull from when you're looking at bringing in a player, setting a player, getting a, a team or getting a guy maybe on a mid-season loan. Uh, having a little bit of depth of cash is going to help you with that. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Later. Um, uh, we had a game last week. Um, I mean, I think for you to properly do that justice, you got to do that sort of, um, you know, where you're tired of saying, you're, you, you know you're going to have to say you're sorry again. It's that sort of tone you take, you know. Because I'm just tired of watching the videos after the games. It's just really hard for me. Go ahead, though. I hear, I hear you. Um, uh, I think I saw one yesterday or today. It's like we keep grinding, we keep focused, and I'm just like, okay, okay, tell me, show me on the field. Like, and I'm not even like super like angry about it. It's just kind of like I get it I, from a marketing standpoint. That has to be done. I'm just also like anxious to be like, okay, what's changing? Like really what's changed? I thought they got better, but apparently Chris, you shut me down. They didn't get better, but um, mm. maybe because the, the loss, I mean, it, a loss is a loss, right? So you don't get better if you're not winning. So I don't know. Well, I will disagree with that. I will say okay. that you can build and team chemistry, which is something that really should have been a focus anyways. I think it's lofty to go out and say, yeah, man, we're going to go get those three points every single time. That's good. But if you don't have that team chemistry, you guys really haven't played too many preseason matches, like really getting after it. Like that really is a priority. And you really do see it with teams. Like if they're getting wins, cool. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose or someone's going to draw, but they do got to work on team chemistry and if they're getting that, then I think they're winning because they're going to obviously be able to turn on the Jets. They're going to eventually, you know, pull a point on the road and then they're going to pull, you know what I mean, three points. So they go out to Lou City. If they were to get a point out there, I'd be highly impressed. You know what yeah. I mean? Because as it slates, that it's that's going to be something that's different. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. team chemistry over points in the early part of the season. And Not in the latter think- half. Yeah, I, I get that. Do you think that it's, I mean, f- from my perspective, the quality of the teams that they played in, in preseason is not up to par with what they're playing now. And it's just showing, like, they could have had the team chemistry and they're, like, doing well in preseason according to them, but it was also what was the quality of the, the other team, right? And how do you really say, hmm, okay, we're doing good in preseason and we'll be fine 
once the regular season starts, but it's like a completely different makeup of teams and, and how they mesh with each other. I mean, you could make the case that Loyal dominated this match. I mean, eight <laughs> shots on target is pretty good. That's why I was like, I was talking with some folks like DK and I was like, how are we losing this match when you have 26 total shots, which is like three times as many as we've had for the rest of the season, eight of them on target, like 26 to eight, isn't the greatest, but you're still putting eight shots on target. The goalkeeper made for their teammates, seven saves. Yeah. Like, he was an all-star, <laughs> you know, but if you look at like big chances, Tacoma had more big chances, three to two. So I think what, when you say like they dominated the game, my counter um, argument to that is yes, you dominated possession. Yes. You put a lot of, of um, you asked a lot of questions of Tacoma. They just happened to be able to answer. And then it seems like Tacoma is fine with not having tons of possession, but rather um, trying to hit you on a counterattack. And they did that for sure. Like that last goal was just, sluggish defending uh, mm-hmm. against a really fast couple kids that just blew right by them. Like it was, it felt like our defenders were standing still and the young kids were just blowing right by them and getting that, that counterattack. And there's something to be said about that. I think they exploited some space really well. Um, and I think that they were also a little bit lucky. There wasn't another goal. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if, um, I don't want to keep like making excuses and like, oh, we're doing great and we're creating, right? This was the argument last year. We're creating chances. <laughs> yeah. Right? And if you create chances, you're fine. I think in the long run, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Tacoma beat us, beat Orange County. Like, I think it evens itself out, but uh, I mean, Tacoma's living all right right now. Like, even it won one against. You know, L.A., which they got that last minute. Um, was it a penalty um, on a handball? That was, you know, probably a handball. I don't know. Uh, but I think when you look at what they're trying to do is they just are going to defend pretty well, and they're going to try to hit you on a counterattack. They don't care that you have all of these chances. Um, and I think maybe another week you get another goal, but that third goal was pretty pretty much a bummer um and it, you just saw it happen too like that ball gets put down put out long and you're just like well there's the third one here it comes here it comes it's two on the goalkeeper like yeah. you're not even gonna be able to block that pass it's just like you know that's a goal unless you know muse has like rocket boots and can shoot across the goal <laughs> um do you think Muse gets a start in Little City, or do we think we uh, switch up our keeper? Uh, I I think he's still your best option <clears throat> at keeper. I don't think you switch him out. I think you got to look at, you know, still combinations of your personnel. I mean, this last match they had Guido, Herzog, and Spencer all in. That was nice. That's a nice sort of array of talent, but. I mean, you got to start to address like your your back three and your mids. You know, maybe they gotta maybe they gotta put another dude in. Like, I mean, there's some adjustments to make there. You know, maybe that back three isn't gonna be the back three. It just really depends on what Lou City comes out in, right? I mean, they're throwing two up top, and obviously the back three is nice. But you gotta think about how many people they're bringing up in the mix. Yeah, that's where that gamesmanship comes in is do you have – at this point of the season when it's early, do you roll with your best 11 do you, or do you, are you trying to um, find the best matchup against um, against a coach that, you know, is not necessarily a known entity as far as Lou City, how they play? Because, I mean, your coach comes in and then bounces – and they get a 1-1 draw at Birmingham, where Birmingham, sorry. Um, <laughs> Birmingham. I think I got in trouble in the USL show. I was like, it's Birmingham and Louisville, Louisville. Um, And they, I mean, the first match, they're like three at the back. 
this past this past week they were at a four four two. Um, so I'm not sure you know what you're getting from Lou City. So I'm not sure if you try to game that out or you just be like, hey, we're working on us right now. We're gonna try. I mean, they kind of went with the three ish in the back, mm-hmm. but definitely a four with um with Zizzo in there. So it was kind of a three with Jack Pump uh, bombing up a little bit higher. Um, and then obviously four in defense. And I thought they looked fine. I thought they looked fine offensively. That formation that USL is showing was showing four in the middle, which is really odd. Yeah, I. this is me not ever believing anything that USL puts up as far as as far as lineups and especially when they do like the formations like especially early season it's just like they're going to put names where they think they go and it's like why is a defender playing a shadow striker right now like what are you doing USL well and what's up with the man, what's up with the boxes from like 1984 like everyone else's apps got like circles or like people like can we Get a little bit more modified. Sorry, that's just a small nah. detail. There we go on production talk again. No, it is what it is, though. Seriously, right. you're watching this thing. You're like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm not sure um, if we we say three one is um, a fair result. Do we think three one is a fair result for this uh, for this game? Tacoma, get. Cleansing it. Um, I mean, the kids got energy, man. Yeah, the, kid, the kids got energy. I think. I mean, I think that they they earned those. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a valid result because what happened on our end, like we maybe were a little bit more aggressive, but we weren't aggressive enough, and I don't know. And then, you know, when they scored again and tied it, when it was 1-1, it just was, like, downhill. Like, I just felt like a completely different team showed up after that. It was just, like, they were like, all right, <laughs> going to lose again. So, I don't know. That's the vibe that I got. I don't know if that's that's me being a spectator also being pissed off. <laughs> so... Yeah, this one was a hard one because it was like there were definitely guys on the pitch who took a step forward and and put in a good 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Ben Spencer was fine. Uh, Colin looked really good. Um, Jack Blake looked better, right? We've been hounding him like, hey, when is he going to start figuring his life out? Uh, Metcalf, obviously, is probably the player of the match. Uh, a pretty well-struck goal. Um very reminiscent, I believe, of the preseason match against uh, Coastal Este, where he was kind of that other next guy in the box mm-hmm. uh, and put in a really low, hard shot. Um, you know, I think that's something we forget about Jack from time to time is like we think about him as this crosser. Um, but I mean, he, he's got a pretty good shot. Um, mm-hmm. So, what are we doing? What are we? I think I talked to Jordan this uh, right after the match and he asked me this question. So, I'm going to put it to you. What are we good at? Um, good at good at showing up, putting on the unis. Um, no, I mean they're good at like. <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere. Look, there's points for just showing up. Uh, no, I think they're good at like building in the back. But I mean, I'm as I'm like rewatching this match right now. I mean, literally, like they just put some balls in the wrong spots, and you're playing some you're playing some young kids. They got a little bit more energy. I mean, they definitely beat them to the ball several times. Um, you know, I mean, they're good at hanging in there trying to figure it out. I, you know, I mean, and obviously, like you said, they took 26 chances. They got eight, um, they got eight on target. I mean, that's, that's good. You know, eventually they're going to tip in, but I just think chemistry is the catalyst. Marissa, Uh, what do you think we're doing well? Losing? Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, Trey Muse, I think, 
uh, were good at that. I, even though he did allow three goals um, in this one, but I think it's, you know, partly the back line, like we were talking about before, like it's not, there's no cohesion. And like Chris t- talked about it too. Like there's no, it's there, there's elements like, okay, the spark of this and spark of that. And then it's like, but there's no uh, synchronicity, I guess, as far as what I'm seeing. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, and that, that'll take a toll, I guess, you know, and they're a little bit, not as fast. So um, Fair. we'll see how that changes. What, what about you, my- Alan? What do you think? My my sarcastic answer was we have real nice scarves. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think we just have a pace issue, and maybe it's not even a pace issue. The more I was thinking about it, is like maybe it's we're setting ourselves up in the wrong positions to, and we're like playing maybe too high back line, so the defenders don't have as much time to react. And so they get caught out where if they were sitting a little bit deeper, yeah, maybe you're giving up that offside trap a little bit, um, but you're going to get guys to keep the, the game in front of you. And maybe it's as much as like you keep that one, like kind of like that sweeper defender back a little bit and like, yeah, you're going to give up. Like I said, you might give up and, and have to lose some of that offside trap, but maybe a guy who, who hangs back a little bit more that can, that can, get some of those balls that are kind of in between where the keeper is in that back line. Um, and, and maybe it's just a slight system tweak like that when you're playing a faster team. I think if they're playing an older, more of like East coast game where it's not quite as fast, mm-hmm. um, like route one stuff, uh, maybe they're going to be more successful if they aren't, aren't up against a team that's trying to counterattack them all the time or trying to hit them with speed, you know, maybe they're going to be more successful because they keep, can keep the game in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in, in that match, I mean, they put so many bodies between, like, the middle third and the defending third. Like, I mean, literally on each flank, there was, like, three dudes. And then there was four guys on the back line. I mean, they really did, like, prevent them from really being able to, to get into any any places, you know. And, I mean, yeah, it's I just mean, a lot where they, where they put people. Yeah, I think that's something to be said too. I, I think I asked this question of Phil Grooms, um, former uh, St. Louis guy for uh, BGN, but also on the USL show. I was like, "Hey, is there something about some of these maybe former or current two teams that they've been playing together for a while and they're not having to put together this team chemistry and they're really well coached because you know you, you got to be really well coached. You come up through academy system where you all know that same system." Uh, and they're really good at mucking up the middle um, and making it really hard to build up against you. And a team like uh, San Diego, who wants to be a possession team, is going to have a hard time building through some of those middle spots where they're just going to clog stuff up. And I think there might be something to that, where we see these two teams take off. Like Atlanta just destroyed Tulsa this weekend. Like 5-0 just destroyed them with just pressure. They played a high press. And then they put themselves in really good positions. And Tulsa was not in good defending positions. And Atlanta... I mean, I would never have picked Atlanta to beat Tulsa, let alone 5-0. So maybe there's this, like, advantage that some of these two teams have early in the season where they have that team chemistry that maybe falls off as time progresses and these, you know, the regular regular teams, independent teams, kind of put it together and figure it out because they probably have better players. Uh, so I wonder if, if after 10 games or so, we see people kind of figure what Tacoma's going to do um, – and we see them kind of drop off a little bit, whereas San Diego is still, you know, they have seven new guys where they're starting to put together a team. Maybe we see San Diego put together a, a string of a couple of victories. Because let's, I mean, yeah, I'll stop. Wait, Chris no, wants I mean, to say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And here it is. It's just, it's playing together. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. It's playing together. I mean, these academy kids, like they're in the system, like they're gonna see each other every year. It's like you know, it's like continuation school. It's just what's going on. And you know, again, San Diego, they got new guys coming in. They gotta like get used to playing styles. Like you're not really gonna see the little give and go or the little hey, I know this guy likes it in the air a lot. Like 
you know, that's going to take some time, you know, for them to kind of figure that out. But, you know, this Tacoma, this Tacoma team, I mean, you know, it's just, just Sounders, you know, so Sounders, uh, you know, two team and they just, they just get it. I mean, they're, they're in the system, you know, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get there, you know, but the way you're going to get there is with um, loyal select being like where you're pulling players out of, you know, at some point, you know, mm-hmm. start to stop shopping so far away all the time, except for the weapons. I mean, and right now I think um, 40 games into the season, home teams are uh, 19 wins, 12 losses, and nine draws, which is a little bit home team heavy. Uh, and so there's something to say about that too, like being on the road for the first four weeks, like how much time are you getting in between when traveling back and then going back out again? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're kind of working on some situations, but you know, mm-hmm. you're if you have like a home stretch, you're not losing two days of travel for every game, like to get there and get back. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe we, you know, after these this home or this away trip, uh, we can get some good uh, wins put together uh, with some home, like that home stretch in the middle of the season. Because yeah. to be fair, like I mean, let's. I mean, let's let's be real. Like I've seen teams go, you know, three, four, or five weeks without a victory, uh, and then they put together a run of four or five games where they win, you know, four of the five, uh, and they're right back in it. Like, yeah, yeah things don't look great now, but um, you know, LA Galaxy two wins, a loss, uh, and two draws. Like, there's some room to be able to 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 make up against that, right? Yeah. And so that's who you're battling for that fourth spot. Um, Orange County looked all right, but not great. Oakland Roots looked terrible. Las Vegas Lights looked garbage. So there's there's still room there to move up into that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. So I still have hope. Marissa, what are you feeling? Um, I mean, you're right. It's it, the away the way um, games. You know, it's a different schedule, different meshing. You know, different sleep, different bed. I mean, <laughs> there's all that stuff. So. Hopefully they can figure it out this week. Um, maybe they'll surprise us all because, <clears throat> you know, we're not expecting. I mean, I'm not expecting to win. Um, but if we can get one point at least, uh, I'll be happy to go into our first home match next Saturday. So, hey, Harry. Thanks for uh, – thanks. Yellow lights yeah. are flashing. Okay. <laughs> thanks you're, you're, you're essentially playing with house money this yeah. weekend against Louisville, like no one believes that you're going to get a point. So you're, it's not like you're going in there like as the favorites or whatever. I think just go in there, be loose, p- just play some footy as they say. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, just try to put, put on a good game and see what happens. You might be able to snag a point if you, you know, play a little bit looser. I think we saw that early season last year where they're just so tight and so worried that they look pretty bad against the Las Vegas Lights team for the home opener. Um, yeah. Going to uh, be, like, overwhelmed with, like, Lens Stadium. Yeah, maybe. But maybe uh, Landon gets out there with his tape measure and be like, if you look, the, the, the 18-yard box is exactly 18 yards. Like, do some Hoosier stuff, right? Like, <laughs> this is just like your home soccer pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, going into Lou City, it's a it's a crown jewel of the USL Stadium, but I mean, there are professionals, um, and you, know, you got to hope that they're going to put in uh, a good match. Um, and while we justify how Loyal's doing, uh, the coach put out a video statement uh, that got a lot of heat, and I would was probably not super impressed with it either, uh, but. Landon Donovan basically came out and was like, "Hey, our we have this we have budget concerns and we don't have this endless budget and we can't spend all this money and yada yada yada." Um, not a great look. No, Marissa, what was your uh, when you first heard that little snippet from Coach Donovan? What was your reaction? Um. Well, I didn't hear it until you said it. So, but like. From a business standpoint, I understand that, but it's also to me, it's like it's where you cross the line of too much transparency. Like that's information we don't need to know because as a fan, you're like, okay, 
wow, you're just telling me you don't want to <laughs> be spending money or like you're, you're considering your budget. It's not important. Like, okay. So same with like buying season tickets or buying a, a Jersey. Like, is it in my budget? Like imagine if all of the fans were like that, like they're, you know, it's just, we all have budgets. Right. So it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of not a, it's a cop out. Like if you want to use that as an excuse, do it not in a public eye. I don't know. That's my perspective. Yeah. It's uh, just, it's like, okay. I understand. I like transparency. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but you had to know what your budget was before. Don't make it the excuse. Don't, don't make the budget an excuse. Like yeah. the re the reason why y'all ain't doing well is because you're not focused on the right things. And if you want to look at personnel as far as, you know, big players or not big players, I mean, you had to kind of be thinking about that like at the end of last year. I mean, you went out, you got Herzog, you got Blake. Mm -hmm. I mean, you went out, you know, you got, you got what you thought would be key elements, you know, but you did – concede a lot of goals so you know maybe should have put a little attention on that back line you know or getting the right defensive mids you know i mean there were players out there you know there, there definitely were players out there that think they just went they just put a little bit too much in the bags of a couple players um, I mean, I didn't see the direct quote, like, Ellen, maybe you could offer some insight on that. But it was like, I mean, he's tech is he the owner? Like, is he talking? Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's like a budget cons conversation shouldn't even be like what he says or what he talks about. Like, he's vice president of, I guess, soccer operations. But I don't know. Yeah, In my eyes, he's a coach. Like, he's the coach of the team. And his context should not be related to like excuses about mm, players and whatever. Well, and then look at that. Sorry to cut in, Alan. When you do that, I mean, that doesn't just look right for the organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all looking at it like, oh man, they didn't have enough money. Like, mm -hmm. is a team going to go under soon because they they didn't have enough money to bring some quality players in or? Mm -hmm. Maybe they got too many dudes on the payroll that really they shouldn't have on there anyways. They should maybe have offloaded a couple dudes and, and mm -hmm. started over. Like, hey, maybe last year you went too offensive and not enough defensive or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, to me, though, when you start doing that, like, I mean, you know that the players hear that. Like, mm -hmm. man, my coach straight got up here on this social media <laughs> and straight said, we don't have the money to buy players. How do they feel? Like, they're not enough. I mean, I'm just yeah. appealing to, you know, <laughs> your sense, your sensory, but it's, yeah. it's just, that just was kind of tacky though. And every week it's been something. So if the third weekend we're finding out it's money, it's, you know, the right players. The week before it was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll be better. We'll be better. Now it's like, you ain't got enough to say. I just don't even want to see another video. Like week four, like just don't even put a video out. Yeah. So my thoughts are kind of threefold. It's one. Um, I think some of it was, did they spend the money the right way? Did they buy names instead of people who have certain skills, right? You go out and get big names like Herzog, but maybe Herzog doesn't fit your system. So I think there's an element of that maybe. Or uh, the other thing is, I think some of it is he just didn't phrase it the right way. Like, I would have accepted, hey, we're a second division soccer club. We're not this top of the line club that can just throw money at every problem. Like, that's not a solution that's except like that we can't that's not a solution We're that not we have <laughs> right we don't have an endless bucket of money that we so mm -hmm. what we have to do is be smart about how we fix things and we have to tweak yeah. and we have to work with what we have instead of making it about money like i think the budget thing that word was just like ah that's like 
it feels like an excuse versus, yeah. hey, the the way we solve issues in in USL is we need to be smart. We need to have we you know we need to keep tweaking and tinkering with our system and finding how to use all of our pieces the best way to get the most out of them. And clearly we haven't figured that out yet. And if you said that, I'd be like, that makes sense. Like we spent the money we had, we bought the players we wanted, and now we're, we're struggling a little bit, finding out how to use them in the best way possible. And that's on us. And we can't just go out and buy 10 more players to fix the problem. And I think if you phrased it that way, I think more or less people are going to be upset. But when you're like, we don't have the budget to, it's like, all right, well, we've heard that in San Diego plenty of times. And we thought loyal was going to be different. You know, you look at what the Padres have done. They didn't, they don't make excuses about budgets anymore. They spend some money and then they say, Hey, we're going to build the system. We're going to go out and this is how we're going to do it. And in three to four years, we're going to be good. And now they're one of the best teams in, in the national league right now. And so I think San Diego fans are sick and tired of hearing about budgets and we don't have the money to compete. Mm-hmm. Don't right. give us that excuse. Yeah. That's what we hear. Like that might be the reality. Like, yes, we don't have money to go buy every, the, the top of the line player in every position, but what we do need to find is the right guys who fit together as a team. And I think if you phrased it that way, I think he makes a better point. He makes the right point, And now he doesn't have uh, the internet getting mad at him again, whether it's, you know, a fuck. Yeah. Or it's a <laughs> you know, no. Mexico, Mexico <laughs> is my other, you know, my, yeah. was my other team soccer like plays yeah soccer plays there's these things that's just become memeable and <laughs> like and i get it like if i was a posing fans i would probably put that up and throw that yeah. back because if you're gonna put that out there they're gonna throw it back at you i so, mean yeah. i like the fuck no video though <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like if you're gonna put that out there you have to perform uh, like you have to yeah. perform like wait until you win a couple and then put that out there or that yeah. for you know, you go out and beat Phoenix the first week, then release that video. Like, don't overhype yourself and then underperform. Like, yeah, you I mean, know that stuff's just gonna come back to you. I mean, <laughs> they do have a tough, they do have somewhat of a tough opening schedule. I will like when you really consider it, like they got an RGV team that just got independence and came out and did some did a number. They got Phoenix Rising. I mean, they got Tacoma. The kids are probably trying to get up to the first team. I mean you know, there's a lot of incentive out there for these other teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was something like they got to find, they got to find something to play for. You know, they got to have a will to live. <laughs> um, so I, I think when we when we look at how the team is structured, I think. And, and some of this comes down to Landon being a new coach, too. Like, he's got to work through that press conference thing. He's got to work on phrasing. And I, I think he, he him being honest with us is is great because as fans, we want our ownership and our coaches to be as transparent as possible. Like, we love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to say don't ever do that. But I think just the way he phrases things sometimes, it's like he's still very much like a player at times. He mm-hmm. hasn't really learned how to be a coach yet as far mm-hmm. as that press conference thing. And yeah. we have to realize that he's learning this thing too. And so just like uh, just like any new coach, he's going to trip up. He's going to say silly things from time to time to get memed on the internet. He's going to dry snitch on himself. Yeah, and sure. But, <laughs> I mean, we, we also have to give him that space to improve as a coach as well. And that's what he's – like, we're growing as a team, right? It's still new. Everyone's new. We have these lofty expectations. But – in reality, we're still a second year, one and a half year franchise that has played one home game in front of fans that has like a brand new coach that we're, we're going to trip up over ourselves. We're not a, you know, we're not a loose city. We're not a Tampa Bay Rowdies who have been around forever and have built this culture up and have the, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's some opportunities to grow. And I think we need to not only give the team an opportunity to find its footing, but the same thing with our coaching staff. Like we want to support Landon and what he's doing. They did a great job last year. He's earned that right to trip up and make mistakes as well. Um, you know, now 10 games in, if we're in the same conversation, I'll have a different tune. But for right now, I think we need to give some space to allow folks to, to make some mistakes both on and off the pitch. Right. So that's how I kind of view it. 
it was kind of unfortunate and I, I was a little bit annoyed at it, but mm. thinking afterwards about it, I'm like, he just said the wrong thing. I don't think he meant it the way he said it. Mm. Oh, in a way that really reflects where the team is. Yeah. Um, whew, we're at 50 minutes already. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did forget to shout out, shout out Jordan Chavez making his uh, USL debut played a good 45 minutes, really solid. Um, and I mean, we have a guy who's going to come on and, and, and do it, do a job. I think he was, a he, he represented himself well. Um, so shout out to Jordan Chavez on his debut for Landon, uh, for, sorry, San Diego loyal. <laughs> for Landon loyal. <laughs> Good one. The Landon loyals, the fighting Landon Donovans. <laughs> uh, what should we expect? In I think we already talked about this a, we little, talked bit, a little, little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. But what should we expect from our matchup versus loose city? Um, more of the first 20 minutes uh, with uh, Tacoma. More of that, where it looked like they were meshing. Um, and less of the, the sluggish back line. Uh, or, or, I don't know. I wouldn't say sluggish because I'm slow as fuck. But um, uh, I don't know. The de- I don't know what to expect because I know that they're good and we're traveling to the East Coast. So... Um, I, I want to expect a point hopefully, but, uh, um, we'll see. I'm not really well, well versed on loose city. What about you, Chris? Do you have any expectations? Um, I think you just really don't want to get routed. Um, yeah. you know, loose city's got a lot of experience. They got a lot of choice players and obviously it's a different style of, of footy in the Eastern conference, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a little like way different type of, of thing, you know? Um, I mean, I'll, and I'll just say this, like, you know, think about previous seasons when you look at the table, I mean, there was no sort of disparity between teams. Alan, you know what I mean? Like, you know, in the, in the Western conference, everyone's like vying for the same spot. But in the Eastern Conference, there there are definitely teams with that sort of pedigree to put themselves above the rest uh, quick. So, I mean, hopefully it's not a blowout. Hopefully they can find themselves in the match. But, I mean, the way the San Diego match – or, sorry, the Phoenix match was, I think that that you should expect a team of, like, a Phoenix kind of caliber or that the the play style – is going to be something up on that sort of level. I don't know. I think that they could they could get a point if they could stay composed and uh, you know and and just really fix. I hope they've been working on the the back line the most. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lou City is maybe not the deepest team, but. They're they're a pretty deep team. I think Tampa Bay is probably right now the the king of the East. But I mean, you got Cameron Lancaster, you got Antoine Hopano, you got Corbin Bone and Paolo De Piccolo, like you Akil Watts. You got these guys that are gonna that can hurt you, uh, and that there are, are these. I mean, Cameron Lancaster has been in the league forever, and he is you know a solid performer, and he's he's probably gonna get a goal, um, either him or Hopano. Um, but then you have off the bench, you have Tyler Gibson, Brian Ownby. Like you have these guys that are that can come on and make some big differences, uh, both offensively and de- defensively. Um, they're a great team, but I, like I said, I think you're playing with house money. You know, you're the underdog, which gives you a little bit more freedom. Like no one's expecting you to get a point out of this match. Like even before the, like schedule came out, and you're like, all right, if we get one, we're happy. Like I think you can maybe be a little bit freed up to play a more relaxed style and just kind of take it to them. Like, let's just play, let's just play some good football. Let's play solid defense. Um, mm-hmm. Let's use our buildup play. And then, you know, when you get some of those big chances, like bury them. Cause yeah. they're going to get them like the way they play it against Tacoma. I think you're going to get some big chances. So now is when, you know, your Curry, Corey Herzog, your Nikki Jackson, your Ben Spencer need to step up and get one. And then if you can get that Jack Metcalf, that Colin Martin, and maybe a Charlie Adams goal, I think if you get that second line goal, uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be a, that's going to be big for the team. But I think 
the team starting to create some chances. So let's finish them. And then let's make sure that we also keep an eye on that defending and, and make it t- difficult for loose city to, to have the ball, to get the ball uh, and to break us down. Um, I think that we have something in us. And I think this is one where we can really show um, what kind of fight the team has. Um, knowing that I, I, I we could get something out of this match if we want to, but traveling away again, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> my, I thinking with my heart or thinking with my head, like my heart wants them to get a win. My draw, my, my, my head is probably telling me that it's probably a draw at best. Um, we saw what, you know, Phoenix going to Tampa Bay. They look like a different team. Uh, although if you frustrate Phoenix, they get real mad and they get in their head and then they don't play as well. But, you know, I, I think, you know, Loose City is a good team and it's going to be a, a it should be a fun match. And Brew has something to say. Brew is stoked right now. He is excited about life. He's excited about another match. Um, so, Marissa, do we have a prediction? Oh. Damn, this is hard because I haven't been close on any of them. Um, shit. Um, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Draw. What Mr. about you? Mr. Chris? Walker? Sorry, you saw my reaction. I was just watching. What was that? It was San Diego's near goal at the 34th minute. Mm-hmm. Um where like it was a header off the frame. Holy cow. Oh well, yeah. Um predictions. Ooh. City is gonna score. Um what what have their scores been? Um Lucity. Like they're averaging them, two goals a game. I, had them, I think it was they was a one one draw. Last week against Birmingham and a 2 0 victory against Atlanta United, too. So three goals, four, one goal against in two matches. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's 2 2. I'm going to say it's a draw 2 2. And uh, don't ask me who's going to score them, although I think Ben Spencer's getting one. And, uh, and I think, well, I think, I guess I do know. I think, I think Ben Spencer and I think, Blake gets the other one. I'm just gonna say it like that. Thanks. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna manifest this. I'm gonna manifest this. This is this is my fandom. Two nil San Diego victory. Whoa. Oh, we're gonna go in there Bro. and we're gonna shock them. We're I mean they beat Atlanta United two nil. Like, come on, we're better than Atlanta United too. Which is I'm not sure. They they're two they're two and one. Mm. They're two one and one. Um I yeah, I think I'm gonna go th- a two nil San Diego loyal victory. Wow. And if I'm wrong, um I owe everyone an apology, but that's about it. Um I no, mean, I, I, realistically I think you know one one two 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 is like the probably the icing on the cake, but I, I I'm gonna manifest. We're gonna go in there, we figured some things out, we're gonna have a positive attitude, Trey Muse is gonna come <laughs> up big, uh and Corey Herzog is going to get something together, is going to put in a goal, and Charlie Adams is going to get a goal um, off of maybe like a Colin Martin assist, kind of midfielder to midfielder, maybe across the 18, and Charlie Adams is going to score one of those beautiful goals. I'm going to manifest 2-0. That's what I'm putting out into the universe. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, Saturday at 4.30 kickoff. At beautiful Lynn Family Stadium, um, I believe the big watch party is at Machete or Machete. If you are um, Darren Darren Smith, uh, Machete in National City. It's a fun. It's a fun little bar. Uh, super supportive of uh, the soccer culture, and hopefully have sound on and don't get the police called on them for drums. Um, Marissa, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Marissa and on Instagram at the same name. What about you, Chris? You can find me at by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter. Man, I just uh, uploaded some new photos on Instagram. So 
get in there. I'm gonna um I will approve some some folks to follow me. Um, oh, like that? It's on the lockdown. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm down for like five to ten a month. You know, just so I can kind of curate. There's not a lot of photos for y'all, but come mm -hmm. on over. And Alan, where can we find you? You can find me at a underwood forty eight on the Twitter machines. <laughs> I love that radio voice. Cool. Well, as you know, we're here every week. Uh, our time changes depending on our schedules. And Alan went to a Padres game on Tuesday, and I had a meeting last night. So the Padres just win. stay. Yes. And the Padres won when they I went yesterday. Walk, walk off wild pitch for the first time in Padres in Petco Park history. Walk off wild pitch. 2-1 well, in the 10th. Welcome to yeah. L.A., baby. Welcome to L.A. We do that a little third bit. Place, the third place Dodgers? Is that what we you're talking about? We can do that on the after show. All uh, right, guys. Um, <laughs> hopefully we'll be here next week talking some good stuff and not be so sad about our team. But uh, bow, bow, bow. yeah, catch us on Twitter and on Spotify. Thank you, BGM fam. Bye. Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.